Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show, your on-air ladies Bible study event. This is the show that will inspire you to get into the Bible and help you understand it. It's my goal to be relatable and authentically leave you refreshed as you listen to the Soul H2O devotion. This week, it's my intention to help you live with a faith more constant than a dripping sink. This week features an interview with Shelley Calcagno on episode 123, Unwavering Faith. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can even use them for your personal devotions and find them on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 123, along with information about our guest. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. Have you heard the story about Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael? Oh, you might not recognize their Hebrew names, but if you've gone to church long enough, I'm guessing you know their story. If you went to Sunday school in the 70s, the song Three Hebrew Boys, sung to the tune of Three Blind Mice, recounts how the Babylonian renamed captives, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, survived being thrown into a fiery furnace. The song goes on to say, but God delivered them out, you know, three Hebrew boys. If you sang this song before, it's probably running through your head right now and might be for the rest of the day. Sorry, not so sorry. I've always loved this story found in Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's miraculous protection from the fiery furnace would seem the most incredible part of the story, the crescendo, the arc in the story. But to me, their unwavering faith, despite the outcome, is the most astounding detail. When Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, raged and told the three Hebrew boys how he was going to throw them into a blazing furnace for not bowing their knee to worship him as God, their response to his threat is what real faith is made of. The teen boys confidently stated how God was able to deliver them and how they thought he would. Next, they made the boldest of faith statements recorded in Daniel 3.17 by ending their declaration with, But even if he does not, we will not serve your God. Their faith did not hinge on whether or not God delivered them. It had nothing to do with their circumstances. The boys walked in and out of the furnace with unwavering faith. When a friend of ours was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, the news hit their relatives and our church family pretty hard. I was challenged as he and his wife made a declaration of unwavering faith on Facebook. They posted just days after the diagnosis, We trust in God's plans, even if the healing never comes. And we are committed to using this season we have unexpectedly been thrown into to grow our faith further, despite the outcome. Such unwavering faith in a faithful God. God has the ability to deliver you out of each and every circumstance. Sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. 
I don't understand this, but I know he is always with you in the middle of a struggle. I think the most comforting part of the story happened when the king looks into the fire that burned up the men, just putting the three boys into the furnace and says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Like the three Hebrew boys, no matter what's going on in your life, you're not alone. God is in the fire with you. If you let him, you can go through the difficult times and come out like they did, not even smelling like smoke. Today, look beyond your circumstances and let unwavering faith rise up in you. Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at Joy Radio? Well, the wait is over. I'm Holly Taylor of Good Company. And I'm James Curtis of The Drive. Subscribe to our Joy newsletter, Living Joyfully. And on the second Tuesday of each month, you'll gain exclusive access to powerful testimonials from fellow listeners, inspiring news, opportunities to serve, and much more. Staying connected to Joy Radio has never been easier. Subscribe at joyradio.ca and become a joyful insider. Joy Radio, wherever you are. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Shelly Calcagno is a writer, blogger, and content creator. She's written and produced several animated series for children and specializes in curriculum development. She's the host of a Space for Grace podcast, former 100 Huntley Street contributor and author of The Longest Goodbye. Shelly loves people, Jesus, sprinkles, pretty flowers, and anything that looks happy and fun. She's a coffee drinking beach lover, and I'm so glad to welcome you onto the show today. Hello, girl. Glad to have you. Hi. Thanks so much for having me, Sherry. I'm happy to be with you today. Well, it is really great to have you on and um, want to get to know you a little bit better and, and introduce you to the girls listening. I'd love yeah. for you to share from your spiritual life um, something that would encourage the girls to get into the Bible, a tool or tip, something that you use in your personal life. Yes. Well, um, right now <laughs> I go through different phases, but right now um, mm -hmm. I really love the YouVersion app um, just on my phone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just find, you know, anytime during the day, I can just go through some scriptures. And I especially just like how I can just highlight it. And then I can put it directly into my notes app on my phone, too. So um, then at the end yeah. of the day, like I'll go to my computer when I get home or in the morning when I'm doing my devotions. And I can just go through and um, just see how God's spoken to me through the day and things that have stood out to me. And then I can take some more time to reflect on it. Um, that's sometimes how I find my writing topics as well. So I just like it mm. for kind of on the go inspiration that it's just at my fingertips. It just helps me that way. Yeah. That's really good. I think that is such mm -hmm. a great feature that they added in how you can copy and paste it and share yeah. it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, and there's so many Excellent. devotions in there too. So it's just a really good tool that, that I like. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And then yeah. what about a Bible verse? Something that you know, is inspiring you lately or a life verse, anything that, you know, would encourage people? Yes. Well, in this particular season of my life, um, I just, um, you know, hope has been 
an ongoing theme um, for me, especially mm. the last five years or so. Um, so I just always go to Hebrews chapter six, verse 19, where it says, you know, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And uh, I just hold on to that in all my seasons that, you know, no matter what's going on, no matter how I feel I'm being pulled or drifted or things are happening, I just always hold on to Jesus. And I just remember that, you know, he's my anchor. And I just picture, you know, I picture the sea and the ocean and, and all the waves, mm. but just like I'm being held on by that anchor that's just fastened there so securely. So that's my comfort right now, especially yeah. in, in this season. So. That is a really good anchor verse mm -hmm. to anchor your life on to, you know, always go back to that one. I think that is so great. I have a friend, she has an anchor tattoo on her wrist just so that she can look down and remember this verse and the turbulent times that she's gone through in the past and how mm -hmm. God got her through those and how he's going to help her get through the rest of them. So that verse yeah. is just packed with hope, absolute yes. hope to keep yeah, you going sure. through difficult things. Yeah, um, for sure. You uh, just, are, just released your book, The Longest Goodbye, and yes. it's subtitled A Family's Hope-Filled Journey Through Alzheimer's. And I think for a lot of people, hope-filled and the word Alzheimer's usually mm -hmm. aren't in the same sentence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I think it's just such an incredible book. Um I'm so thankful that you wrote this book. And I, I would love to go through your story in stages. So we don't just mm -hmm. kind of quickly go through it, but go through it in a bit of the stages of how that journey has happened for you so that others can see how God has helped you first and foremost and how he's, yeah. you know, as your life has been affected by Alzheimer's, because mm -hmm. I just know there's going to be so many people who can relate to what you've gone through and yes. then also what you're going through now, because I think you said somewhere that there's probably how many people approximately in the world at any given time going through, you know, having an Alzheimer's diagnosis? Well, the most recent stats from the World Health Organization um, say that it's 55 million people worldwide <laughs> in 2022. Wow. And even here mm -hmm. in Canada, um, they're saying, because the numbers keep rising, like at almost staggering rates mm -hmm. every year, but but the latest stats that I read said that by 2030, that there'll be almost close to 1 million people in Canada with Alzheimer's. And wow. that's a huge number in itself. But then you also look at all the people connected to those people, like caregivers, mm -hmm. family, children, grandchildren, spouses. And when you look at it like that, it's just such a, it's such a far reaching um, disease that affects so, so many people. So many. And, and how did Alzheimer's enter into your world? Well, our journey began about 10 years ago. And uh, in my book, I write about how in my mother's side of the family, um, Alzheimer's has been part of, part of their story. Um, my mom's father had Alzheimer's, um, her two older brothers. And so 10 years ago, we noticed some changes in our mom. And that's when our journey began with Alzheimer's. We noticed mm. um, the first chapter in my book is called Yellow Flowers. And, and there was that one spring where we noticed that, you know, she was looking out in the front yard and uh, you know, all the dandelions that we have in, in Canada in the spring, and she couldn't quite find her words. And so she called them yellow flowers. And she was with my brother. And that was kind of the first time, you know, he noticed that. And it was kind of the first indication to us that perhaps, you know, this was going to be part of her story, too. And, you know, from there, 
you know, our journey was 10 years. So you can imagine all the different stages that we've gone through. Um, mm. But it's just been, you know, such a journey of, of long loss <laughs> um, is how, long I would, loss. how I would describe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really thankful in the way that you wrote it and the way that you talk about it on social media mm-hmm. and other places. I, I really feel that your book is giving grieving a voice and people who mm-hmm. are grieving a voice and allowing Christians to not feel like they have to fake it and be happy all the time, but to truly embrace the issues and talk about them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really a gift that you're offering people. Well, I found out, I found in my journey, like, at, especially at the very beginning, um, that I, I was grieving very deeply and I was doing it alone. And I, I didn't really know, like, how to process that. I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know. I just didn't know what to do. And so I started, slowly started just writing because that's my therapy and, and sharing little pieces. Mm-hmm. And as I did that, like people just started to respond, you know, whether it was a blog or on social media. And that helped me realize that I wasn't alone. And I realized that maybe like my voice and my experience could then help others feel like they weren't alone too. Like maybe <laughs> I think there's a lot of things in life that we go through and we don't ever talk about it. And and I was like, why are why aren't we talking about this? Why aren't we supporting each other more? Because it's such mm-hmm. a lonely journey. So that's what what birthed my book. And um, you know, when I the title says a hope filled, you know, a hope filled journey through Alzheimer's, um, you know, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of hope, but what I've tried to do in our journey is to look for hope and to look for those mm-hmm. those spaces of joy in the middle of grief, because I definitely um, think that they coexist. And so that's what I've found in the past, the past 10 years of this, um, of this story that we've been living. Well, we're going to come back after the break and find out some more hope-filled points on your journey through Alzheimer's. I'm Shelley Calcagno from episode 123, and my music pick song for the Soul H2O radio and podcast show is Fake It by Torin Wells. When you think of fall, you think of pumpkin spice lattes, warm, fuzzy sweaters, and time with the family. With MyJoy Radio app, you can enjoy all the things you love about fall while staying tuned to everything you need. Never miss another minute with 24-7 access to the Joy Radio live stream. Get the latest messages from the ministries you love delivered to your smartphone. Be uplifted while drinking a latte or pumpkin patch picking. MyJoy Radio app, available now. Joy Radio, wherever you are. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back from the break with Shelley Calcagno, author, speaker, curriculum producer, and podcaster, to talk about her newly released book, The Longest Goodbye, a family's hope-filled journey through Alzheimer's. And we're in this stage where your mom's journey with Alzheimer's has kind of just started and how it's beginning to affect you and your family members. And I'm just wondering, you know, was at the beginning was she was stayed home um, and how that kind of you know, moved along for you guys having to all of a sudden care for your mom? Yes, I would say for 
I mean, over 10 years, you see a lot of progression and, and some of the stages felt very slow moving. Like at the beginning, there wasn't too much, you know, too much difference. Um, but then as the disease progresses, then obviously there are stages that move very quickly. So it can feel like there's a long time where nothing changes and then it can feel like a short time um, where everything changes. And so um, mm. for us, just navigating those those different seasons, you know, were really hard. And I remember there was a time we were probably a few years in and I was like, I just, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. And it was like, it felt like this giant like mountain in front of me because, mm. um, you know, no two Alzheimer journeys are the same. It's different for everybody. So when you're trying to look at this big picture and like, what's life going to look like in, you know, three more years, or I would always think, what's life going to look like this time next year? And I had to stop doing that. And I just had mm. to start instead embracing the moments. So I decided, you know, if, if I'm going to get through um, this journey <laughs> strong, if I'm going to get through this journey um, healthy, I just need to look for moments and embrace all the moments that I can. So that's what I really started to do with my mom is just, um, you know, and I also, I always thought too, like my life <laughs> with my mom was just defined with so much love and joy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, even through this disease, I want to honor that in her life. And and I don't want everything to become dark and sad and grief filled, even though I might feel that some days. So I just kept looking for joy in all of our moments. Yeah. And that became my focus through our journey. That's a game changer. It, mm -hmm. it really is because you had lots of reasons to sit down and cry to, you know, yes. to get frustrated and exhausted and tired out and helping and serving. But mm -hmm. to choose to make your mind look for the joy, look for the hope, that's yeah. that's a powerful game changer. Um, and I know you had a really difficult time of when it came time for putting your mom into care where all of a sudden yeah. it came to the point where you guys weren't able to help her. Mm -hmm. And that was like, was that at the beginning of the pandemic or somewhere near it? Um, it was probably just as things were kind of starting to get back to normal. Um, after the mm. pandemic, but there were still a lot of restrictions in place. And um, I have to say too, like my father was the most incredible, <laughs> I could just cry mm. talking about my dad, but yeah. just the most incredible caregiver to my mom over the past 10 years. And so, you know, when it was finally time for her to go into care, it was really difficult, but he really, like we knew we had done everything that we could, you know, to keep her home as long as we could. But I just wasn't prepared for how that would feel as a family, like bringing our mom to the home and, you know, she lives there now. Like it was probably, you know, one of the most difficult days of my life, that transition. And, mm -hmm. and I write in my book, mm -hmm. like I've never heard anyone talk about that. <laughs> and I know people have gone through that, but, you know, it's another mm -hmm. one of those things that we don't really talk about. And maybe if we did and we, you know, shared our feelings and, you know, maybe that would help people because that was a really, really hard transition. Um, you know, when yeah. she got settled in there, I learned to love it there and it became a place of, you know, peace. But it was just, yeah, that was one of probably one of the hardest transitions for us. I agree. It's, you know, it's through talking and sharing where, you know, the enemy has a heyday when things are in the dark and we're not talking about yeah. it. You said when you were struggling with this on your own it was more difficult. But, you know, sometimes we can, as Christians, feel like we are having to, like the song said, fake it and, yeah. you know, try. There's a difference between faking it and actually looking for joy in situations. Yeah. It was what I was yeah. trying to get around to. But um, yes. 
no matter what, it, it gets hard in the middle. I know I read a blog post that you wrote on Ann Voskamp's website, and it's called mm-hmm. Walking in the Middle of mm-hmm. Joy and Pain. And in it, you share an analogy about a tightrope uh, walking artist and trying yes. to get balanced. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you could share that with people in, in relation to all of this. Yeah, I really, um, another scripture I always turn to is Ecclesiastes 3, when it talks about how there's a time for everything and a season for every activity mm. under heaven. And it just, it it presents these contrasts to us, like there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to weep and a time to dance or laugh. Like there's all these different things, like these opposites. And I yeah. feel like we have to like learn how to walk down the middle because, you know, it's unrealistic to think that every day in our life is just going to be perfect and there's going to be no problems at all. Um, but then mm-hmm. the opposite is there's going to be grief and there's going to be hardness and, you know, there's going to be things that we walk through and we can't let that overtake us either. So somehow we have to like find out, you know, we have to learn how to walk down the middle. Like how do we, mm-hmm. you know, how do we walk down the middle with hope, with peace, with joy, you know, even though, you know, things are happening on both sides, like, so that's just kind of, I found that every, I feel like almost, especially in the last couple of years, like every joy moment, you know, has been countered with a moment of grief or, you know, we'll be walking through a season of grief and then, you know, something amazing will happen. And it's just like, I just feel like that's how we live. Like we're in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I call it yeah. sometimes the glorious mess of life where, you know, there's good and there's bad and we just have to like embrace it all, I think. Yeah, I love you wrote, like the tightrope artist trying to make her way across to the other side, I was walking the line between joy and grief. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so wise that you've kept your mind alert to that that yes. there is both going on and allowing, you know, you know, when you look at someone getting balanced, they're always going one side to the next. They're never yes. <laughs> completely straight. They don't do that. But it's okay. Like sometimes there's going to be the joy. Sometimes there's going to be the grief, but yeah. living in that balance. And I think yes. especially in the last little bit of your life, mm-hmm. as your mom has recently passed away. Yes. And then very shortly thereafter, and you're you're going through the loss of your mom. I, I don't know. There's been the joy and the grief in the midst of that. Yes. Yeah, it's still, um, yeah, I, I didn't know when I wrote the book what the last chapter would look like. Obviously, it was hard to know when mm-hmm. to stop writing it. Um, you know, and so for her, it's just been eight weeks now since she passed away. And I was really comforted, comforted though, like even in her last, you know, her last hours, you know, which was intense grief, obviously intense pain that, you know, Mm -hmm. we were walking through, like I still (laughs) saw God in those moments and I could look back and, you know, even in, in losing her, I can see the hope that was there too, the hope that, you know, she loved Jesus. So the hope of heaven, um, just, you know, you know, just how that everything unfolded, um, that last day, like God was in all of those moments with us. And that, you know, that gives me hope. Of course, it gives me joy, even the sadness and, you know, Mm -hmm. and then moving ahead, like six weeks after she passed, I had a little grandson born. Mm -hmm. So that was almost like this special gift too, in my, my grieving and my mourning. So I just, I feel like the past 10 years, that's just been the pattern of my life. And it's just, I just, I find comfort in that, that in my grief, I'm not alone. Um, 
you know, that God brings these things to my life. He brings these things to all of our lives. You know, if we look for joy, um, you know, if we if we recognize that there's gifts to be found in hard seasons, you know, that's our hope that we have in Jesus. Shelley, I want to thank you so much for being willing to be open and share something so raw. And I'm praying God does a great healing work in and through your life as you grieve and you're sharing about his goodness to hold you throughout this whole journey. Um, And I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you. I so appreciate you having me on. It's been great. Thanks, Sherry. Shelley has been an amazing example of unwavering faith, trusting God if he did or didn't. I challenge you to exercise unwavering faith no matter the outcome. All the days of your life, let God stand in the fire with you. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 123, Unwavering Faith. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights and information about our guest at soulh2o.com slash 123. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family to help spread the word about Soul H2O. Come back next week as we talk about soul care to save your life with Manda Carpenter. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.